Welcome, travelers, to a super special episode of The Venture Maidens. It's our second annual Q&A episode. We had a ton of fun getting to hang out and answer all the wonderful questions you all sent in. So take a listen for something totally lighthearted before we dive into our third arc next episode. Thank you, as always, to Don't Split the Podcast Network and our Patreon donors for making this episode possible. Also, thank you to Alex Shea for letting us use his music from Tabletop Tapes. I'm going to read a word from this week's sponsor, then we'll dive right into revealing all of our deepest and darkest truths. I want to tell you all about Elderwood Academy today. Elderwood are a collection of fine artisans who craft truly beautiful gaming products such as dice towers, trays, boxes, dice, and more. They pride themselves on blending both form and function to make incredible products that feel like they belong on any gaming table. If you haven't already, you should definitely go and check out their new Centurion deck boxes. These wood and leather boxes are completely customizable and make the perfect tool to hold your magic deck, your D&D spell cards, and all the dice or counters you need on the go. But it's Elderwood, so it doesn't just stop there. You can also get different inserts for the box that can transform it into the ideal container for minis, dice tubes, or your matching Elderwood hex chest. You name it, they have it. So get your buns over to elderwoodacademy.com and buy yourself something amazing, because you and your favorite dice are worth it. And also don't forget to mention in your order that Don't Split the Podcast Network sent you. All right, that's it from me. Now here's the show. Oh my gosh! I see our beautiful faces. Oh, here we all are. Here we all are. Oh my gosh. You're already all here. This is great. It's amazing. I love being here with all of you with no DM pressure on my back. This is like really exciting. (laughs) I can imagine. Thank you, Switz, for yelling, Celeste! It's me, Celeste! Uh, Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, not a typical edition of Venture Maidens this week. Uh, We just wrapped up our Arc 2 finale uh, last time, last week, Brittany and I, uh, you know, did that. So we figured it was about time for another question and answer session. We did one almost exactly a year ago to this day. So excited to come again and answer all your questions. And we've got a long list of questions from you folks. Thank you so much to everybody who submitted them. You can, of course, if you are in the chat, throw your questions in there. We might get to them, uh, and it'll be great. But yeah, we're just going to kind of casually go around. We've got a whole list of questions here. Uh, Yeah, and then we have something really exciting to announce at the end that Sage is going to be doing. So you got to stick around towards the end, especially if you are one of our Patreons. You will definitely want to stick around. But who, who wants to open it up? I guess we should say... Who we are? Do you not know who we are? They fucking know who we are. (laughs) Yeah, why are you listening to this episode if you don't know who we are? But I guess I'll say it anyway. My name is Celeste Conowich. I'm usually your DM, but today I will be an answerer of your questions. I am Brittany Quintero. I play Arnadel Ithil, the Moon Elf Warlock, and I will also be an answerer of your questions today. Yeah, last time we came up with roles. Yeah, fuck. Wait, what were? Oh, I was. I, I think I was the captain. You were. You were the cruise captain. Like, ah, oh, yes. Welcome back. Yes. It's me again, your cruise director, <laughs> yes, Celeste. I'm the 
master of fun. <laughs> master well, of fun. Shit, then there's nothing left to do. Uh, Be the oh. cabana boy. The the who? The cabana boy? Yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. I'm your cabana boy, Nassim. <laughs> and I'm Sage. And I'm your friendly neighborhood boo sound. Yay! The drunk, the cabana boy, and we're all ready for Gilligan's Island. Oh, and your questions. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, who who wants to start off with a question? Who should do it? Let's establish a rotation. Who's gonna who's gonna go first? On Twitch, I'll go ahead and tell you what the order is from reading from uh, right to left, top to bottom. So Celeste, you would be the first person. <gasps> then it's then it's Nassim, and then okay. it jumps to Sage, and then and me last. Okay. So mm-hmm. we will go ahead and we will pick a question and ask each other them in that order. All right. So here we go. I am going to start off right at the top of the list here. Uh, so this is a question that we got from Zeke, also known as Fantasy Ecologist. Uh what were things you learned about the other maidens, characters, or people during gameplay that surprised you? Ooh, that's such a good that's question. That's a great question. That's a good question. That surprised us. So should Ooh. the next rule be that the person who reads the question answers first, and then we go ahead and stick to our rotation order? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or- I think the person who answered should be last, oh. or read it should be last, okay. because I read it, and so I wasn't thinking. Okay. Oh, fair, fair. fair or just fair. whoever has an answer, so we're not waiting or around. Or just, just do okay. it. Okay. We're so diplomatic. All right, well, <laughs> okay, I would, ooh, I guess uh, the thing that, oh, so the thing that surprised me about, I mean, I guess not. I don't know if surprises. I don't know if this necessarily surprises me, but the thing that I definitely have enjoyed and has had has caused surprising elements in the story is Saye's like ultimate devotion to her moral code, and sometimes the things that she like prioritizes has surprised me. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good yeah. observation. Truth. Yeah, sometimes I don't even. I'm just like <laughs> so I'm not I don't even know what's I'd happening. rather not be doing this, but she would, so <laughs> I definitely, definitely feel that. I'm like, I know Akara, I know this is not a great plan for you, yeah. but this is what you would do. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's there's not time like you walking up to that headless horseman and I'm like, What are you doing? Well, that's good to know, at least, because then I don't constantly doing the same thing over and over again. Just like, here we go. She's being the moral one again. Like, Here we go again, getting all self-righteous it, with your law. It is based in morality, though. Like, her morality is definitely, like, the M.O. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Monk life. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag monk life. Hashtag. Yes. Oh, man. I think I'll jump in. I... And I don't mean this in a in a conceited or narcissistic way, but I'm still surprised that I we established Arnadel was a virgin. That was a big what the fuck. <laughs> it certainly was. Like it it was it was definitely a moment like while we were doing that battle and like I remember that episode being fun super fun because we were all laughing our asses off like the majority <laughs> of it. I can't remember which one it was. It was like way back like 12 11, 11 or 12 or something and uh we we're all like 
battling that Medusa, it got hairy super fast, and it was super exciting because we, <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. it was just like, "Fuck, I'm a virgin." <laughs> that was surprising. That was, was it yeah. though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Since you're like 120 years old, yeah. that's any elf that's a virgin and looks like you is just what? It, like, what have you what? been doing? <laughs> Yeah. Where have you been? Did you not pick up on social cues? <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the biggest thing for me, the thing that still surprises me constantly is how you guys interact with my NPCs. Mm. I truly I truly don't know what's going to happen a lot of the time. Like, um, I don't want to get too spoilery, but the episode with Arnadel last time, the season finale, I had no idea how that was going to go because you all surprise me with bold and interesting choices every single NPC encounter. Like, because I know all of you really well as people, yeah. and I, I think I know what you guys are going to do, or what you would do as, like, Brittany, Nassim, and Sage, um, but it's continually throwing me for a loop, like, how the characters react to things and how strongly they react sometimes or not. Like, you guys make really, really bold in character choices that are awesome and make total sense for the character, but it, it really is I'm learning as much about the characters every time. God, Brittany, Brittany, you're definitely the wild card of the group. Really? <laughs> yeah. I never know what you're gonna do. Oh, I didn't uh, shit. <laughs> I feel like my character choices like make sense. Like it makes sense to me. When I'm like thinking about right, it, and that's th- that's why it's cool because it makes sense with your characters, and you commit to it fully as your character. But it's hard, like as a storyteller, when I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna like hate this person I'm gonna introduce, or if you're gonna be on board, yeah. or it's just a total adventure for me mm-hmm. every single time. So that's, I guess, super surprising uh, and really, really fun. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You're well. I mean, to your credit, your NPCs are like really interesting so it's really easy to believe that we're interacting with them Uh, yeah and i mean the relationships you guys make you make big choices that define their relationships and how they are so that that's really exciting okay oh yeah let's see what's your answer um i get first of all how funny and witty sages like all the time <laughs> oh my god you definitely like, pack the humor for sure it's it's not like anymore it doesn't surprise me i expect it of you now and i just uh, i'm ready for it and i'm armed and i feel like i've become thick-skinned because of it but just <laughs> over the past like two years of gaming with you like the more and more i was like wow, they really never stop. Like, you really can't turn it off. And, like, not that it's a bad thing at all, but it's like, I can't keep up. I don't know how it just keeps coming to you. You could just crack a joke out of nothing. So, And I I have mad respect for it. Same. Your dad jokes are... Dude. They kill me. Dude, that's the thing. It's, like, top line on my resume. It's like... (laughs) Dad jokes. Dad jokes. (laughs) I love that we're all just, like massaging each other we're just like you know that's you're why the- um that's why q a's are so great because we can just say nice things about each other for an hour yeah. oh man <laughs> yay <laughs> so that's that oh guys okay so we got some uh important questions that popped up here let's lightning round Ooh, favorite what? npc vlad okay <laughs> <laughs> fan favorite and Nassim's favorite and that's from darthadio kyoko okay Oh, I gotta man. think about it actually, because I have a few that I really like. I think this sounds silly, but I think Thomas was one of my favorites. 
Oh, the I'll one guess. from the beginning, the librarian. Ah! Like you, the way that you <laughs> oh like God. shrieked in that, like, may <laughs> still makes me fucking laugh. Like when we like knock on the door and you're like, ah, like that. I don't know why that thirty, like, not even like five second shriek that you did <laughs> is like the fucking funniest thing that I, <laughs> Thomas, like. That's good. I and I have officially reused the name Thomas now. So. Who else is Thomas? He was the name of the ghost monk in Oh yeah. Our trial. Oh, oh, oh no, I I met Thomas from episode like three. Who yeah, yeah. the librarian? Episode two. Yeah. Two, that's yeah. right. Who was Ethan Ethan's mentor? Yeah. yeah. I liked Thomas. I think it's pretty obvious my favorite NPC is Rem. Duh. For a multitude yeah. of reasons. Uh, she's an NPC that's followed me through every game I've ever DM'd. So I know a lot about her. I know her really well. And uh, she kind of is like a central cog to how all my other NPCs in my world also function. So I guess she's my favorite. She's my oldest friend of the NPCs. So that's pretty transparent. Especially if you guys got the last Patreon package, which was very rim-centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, so that was the lightning round, so now Sage. Wait, what was Sage? Fa- Sage is your favorite NPC. Kyoko. Kyoko? Kyoko. I think, yeah, Kara and Kyoko had such a special... Best friends forever. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. She's definitely growing up and, like, getting up in the Sisters of Sorrow. I said if I were to ever play a new Venture Maidens character, it would be her. But in the future, when she's all grown up and is a badass... <laughs> She'd be so badass. <laughs> Oh, wait. Hey, another lightning round. What's everybody drinking today? Merlot. I am drinking this thing. It's called Boochcraft. Oh, yeah. It's extremely alcoholic kombucha. It's delicious. That sounds amazing. And I feel good about myself. Yeah, no, it, it's awesome. So that's my giant jug of piss. <laughs> I'm just drinking water. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa. water. Change, what is that? Change of ways. I am for once having a beer, but I'm barely even drinking because it's a Michelob Ultra, so <laughs> don't count it. <laughs> I have my other ways of having fun. Oh, boy. And that was from Can We Just Skip It? We couldn't skip <laughs> it. We had to answer. All right. Here's my question. Okay. Ready? Via email from Alan, do you have any songs that the soundtrack your characters that soundtrack your characters as they rush into battle? Hmm. I saw that question, and I just had to, like, search through my phone to, to think of one. <laughs> and uh, it's, I don't really know if it's necessarily a good battle song, but it just makes sense for Saya that it's High Hopes uh, from Panic of the Disco. Nice. Yeah, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I have to think about mine. Um, that's, a, that's, like, a very serious question. Arnadel's battle very... rushing music. I, lo- I, I think Barracuda from Heart. Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. See, I yeah, I'm an old oldie classic rock metalhead, so I just think of the trooper from Iron Maiden every time everything mm. starts. I'm just like, ah, we're going for it. Uh, or like, I don't know. That's a good one yeah. too. Yeah. Mine is definitely uh Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. That was gonna mm. be my other choice. That shriek in the beginning is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nassim, what was yours again? Uh, High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's totally Sawyer for sure. 
Yeah, I wasn't really thinking in terms of, like, rushing into battle, but just as, like, a theme song, kind of. Oh, yeah. That's good. That I need to listen to that. Okay. Another lightning round question. Okay. If there were Halloween, what would the players dress up as? <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that's that. That's such a great question. That one is also from Darth Audio. Thank you. Arnado would, would she dress up as? Cars would have to be a pun. Yeah, yeah. totally. I think Arnadelle would probably dress up. I'm trying to decide if she would do something like scary or like try to be cool. I think probably a mind flayer because she thinks those are terrifying. Oh God! Yeah, she would. She would try to like craft some kind of weird tentacle thing and like figure out a bald cap, and it would probably look hilarious. Oh God! <laughs> oh my yeah. God! Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't do like a cute couples costume with like Aaron and Arnadel. I don't know. Is he alive? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, no spoilers. Um. Yeah, I don't know what kind of couples costume they could get into, but like maybe. Yeah. If he, I mean, yeah, she'd probably do if he suggested it. She wouldn't be the one to be like hey do you want to do a couple's costume she, like she would already have her costume planned and then if he suggested she'd be like yeah let's, yeah, let's do it right she'd be like damn it Aaron, i've been working on this mind flare costume for two weeks <laughs> and now you want to do a couple you costume? don't even get it no she wouldn't even say that she would just be like oh yeah like she wouldn't even tell him that she had been working on something she'd be like yeah yeah yeah, that sounds great and just like stuff it in the closet with her foot <laughs> Slam, slam the door shut. There's nothing in there. What would Saya do? I don't know. Like it, it's it, in my head, it's kind of a toss up between some old hero from a folk story that she grew up admiring or her favorite animal. Oh, what is her no. favorite animal? I don't know. I might have said it once, but I don't know it now. I feel like it's something like a cheetah or like a. Tiger well, or that's that's my favorite land animal. That's oh, my favorite okay. land animal. Oh, I see. That's oh. why I feel like cheetahs <laughs> cheetah. are the shit. I feel I feel like Rem would do something shitty, like a like a sexy something, like a sexy <laughs> sexy corn. Have you seen like that a one? sexy <laughs> sexy corn? <laughs> yeah, she would do something sort of <laughs> ironic, but not really. Uh, yeah, like a sexy bard or like a like the rock star costumes or be like, oh, I'm a sexy knight. Oh, man. Ooh. And then like, ooh, bikini male. That's so uh, funny. It would yeah. also be kind of funny to see her in like a uh, religious garb of some kind. Yeah. Like, like a sexy nun. Nope. Or a nun. That would be hella funny. <laughs> She'd do sexy nun. Sexy cleric. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> sexy Definitely. cleric of chastity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like Kristoff would be like a cat. Because he'd want... <laughs> He'd want to try, like, but not really. Just put some whiskers on. Yeah, like in little ears. Vlad, what would Vlad do? Nothing. (laughs) Oh, I know what Kara and Gidget would do. (gasps) What would they do? Oh, man. So Kara would dress up as like a a stage musician and then Gidget would be her rabbit. (laughs) Oh, that's cute and weird. (laughs) Super cute. I like that. Aww. You guys, shut up. Internet, yours to steal. I dig it. That's super cute. Do it. Um, all right. I picked out a question. All right. You guys ready? Yes. This was sent uh, via email from Zeke, a fantasy ecologist. And the question is, 
What is a memorable moment you can share from previous games you've played together? Memorable moment? Oh, there are so many. Oh my god. The one that comes to mind first is when our characters were traveling through uh, a spell well that had been emptied. And every time you cast a magical spell, like, there was, a, you got pretty much a wild surge chance. And then I, we were, like, in the middle of battle, and I, like, tried to cast something. And then my character became one-eighth her height. And then she tried to cast another thing, and then again became <laughs> one-eighth her height. Wow. And you know what? Rem carried around in her pocket until she was able to return to normal size. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I was so fucking mad. You were so mad at me. You all have been so mad at me. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh my god. I couldn't believe it. I rolled in the, I rolled 63. I even remember the number <laughs> on that fucking table. That was pretty marvelous. Yeah, as uh, you wow. can you can tell, yeah, uh, Sage has played in games with Rem before since, you know. Um, but yeah. That, oh God, I forgot about that. That was damn. Uh-huh. You were tiny. <laughs> I was like four inches tall. It was so dumb. <laughs> what were you playing? Uh, don't tell me. I want to remember. Uh, it was the Oracle. Yeah. What was her Genesee. name? Genesee. Genesee. Mm-hmm. That's fucking hilarious. The cleric of Istis. Y'all. Yeah. Cleric of fate. Oh, look where we are. Oh. What about you guys? I don't think about it. Oh, there were many. It was it's difficult to pick one. Celeste, can you imagine which one I'm gonna say? I think you can. Oh, I, I know so. what this I oh my god, sorry. Uh the first game I ever played back in high school where Celeste uh DM'd for a whole bunch of other uh chicks in our drama class. We had already played like months and months maybe a year already and at some point i had a love story with my character and and one of her npcs and he died and he came back i don't remember how close it was maybe it was even the last game that was the last that was the very last the last game my god and he comes back in the most beautiful romantic way and it was so unexpected and celeste had like written a love letter to me and it was crumpled up. It had, like, the tea stain on it. It had burned edges. It had a ribbon around it. There was just so much work into this beautiful uh, comeback scene. And I, I cried. It was it was magnificent. And I will always remember it. <laughs> we have heard of... We have heard this story before. Like, before even Venture Maidens was a thing, I had heard of this story this like moment from that game <laughs> well y'all i mean collectively we all have been playing D with each other for quite a long time yeah this is true yeah that's why it's hard to pick one what it is, is hard to pick one what was a memorable moment with you guys i of course we all know the one about the wish spell from that epic game that i was part of with you guys but i would say honestly i think maybe like a memorable one because i still think about it was like I right before I moved, like you I didn't know what you had in mind for how my character was going to exit the group. Um and like you letting you turning me into a demigod was pretty fucking sick. 
Like I was trying not to, I think I choked up and was trying and I wanted to like say something epic and I didn't. <laughs> that was, that was I, I think that was memorable. That was pretty cool. I remember that. Oh man, when were we going to encounter Lanadel inside in the Venture Maidens? I know, I'd love to encounter Lanadel. We're getting close. Uh, I mean, Patreon package Galen was mentioned, so. Oh shit, Galen! Galen's rad. I'll never look at a raccoon the same way again. <laughs> oh yeah spoilers for all of you here if you got the package nobody else will know um, i can't pick i simply can't i refuse i've had too many memories that i've made <laughs> slash been a part of and i have played so many amazing games with all three of you separately and together i refuse <laughs> Fair. so that's that <laughs> okay there you it, go that so there you go. <laughs> that's it uh that's all suck it um okay oh here you go guys here's here's a good one uh this is also from switz thank you if you could force celeste to play one type of npc and she had to use the accent voice of your choosing in that game what would you choose (laughs) (laughs) what would you make me play everybody i would love to have you be an ent again i just <laughs> to slowly die laughing would oh be my a dream. God. And that's exactly oh, what I would do the entire time. That was time. so hard. <laughs> okay. All right. So mm. we got an end from Nassim. I would have to second that. But if I had to pick something else. You have to pick something else because there's a part two to this question. Oh. Mm. I, yeah. If I, but yeah, picking something else, I'd go for uh, uh, Southern again. Bring back the old Charlie Saltman. Oh, yes. Charlie Saltman. Okay. I think I would pick Vlad. I like delight oh, in whenever yeah. you speak as Vlad or uh, like or Valerius because we haven't heard Valerius in a long time. Um. So, but either of those are kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick a new one, you had to make me do like a new NPC who was gonna be around for the rest of the campaign. So we have an Ent would that would be there all the time. Oh, or I we see, have I see. a southern person who would be there all the time. Oh god, I don't know. God. Uh <laughs> you can make me do any kind of silly accent eternally. Oh man. I oh god, I don't know what to, I don't know. I literally feel on the spot and my brain is drawing a huge blank. I would love to hear you do like a super deep gruff man voice. Gruff man. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah, like Hulk like Batman. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I'm thinking Hulk Hogan, like like some, Oh yeah. Yeah. That w- I think that uh, would be fucking hilarious. Would kill me. Uh okay, of those, so the part two of this is Celeste, if you had to choose one of the three aforementioned NPCs, which would be the one you would choose to play? Uh, I couldn't do the end. It's so hard. It's so hard to be that slow. And um, Hulk Hogan would kill me. Uh, my voice literally would kill me. Uh, so I would have to go with, uh, I think, a Southern NPC is in the future. I think we've decided here since I've, you know, I've already done the terrible British. Mm-hmm. I can s- kind of manage a Southern. So that'll just have to be next. I think it's been decided here. <laughs> Sick. My turn. Yeah. These are good questions, you guys. Thanks. Sage, this is a question for you from Kintaro. Um, oh. If Kara were a Magic the Gathering creature, what <laughs> would her stats slash abilities be? Ooh. Ooh, okay. So, 
So such a nerd question. Tarwer, Magic the Gathering character, she would cost one red, one white, and three colorless. Ooh. She would give other other creatures on the battlefield that you control plus one plus one. She would have indestructible and double strike, and she would be <laughs> a six six. Okay, creature. so Kara is clearly a commander, is what you just told me. <laughs> Damn, yeah. all right. <laughs> Fine, I believe you. No, I I seen it. It's good. Oh man. <laughs> that all went so far over my head. I'm like it's awesome. Basically, Kara would be too awesome. It would be super overpowered. <laughs> what do you mean? As she is in all things. And would and would break the game. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> You've never broken my game. I don't I don't feel intimidated picking monsters for Kara. Oh man, I will never forget that one moment when we were fighting the uh the mind whisperers and they did crown of madness on me and I was like, alright, I used my bonus action to rage and you're like, go drown a kitten. I, I have nothing so to say to you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so good. Oh man. I'll keep trying. I'll just keep throwing things till they stick to the wall. All right, let me pull up my question chart. Do do do. Ooh, Nassim, I'll fire one back at you. Okay. If Sai had a signature dance move, what would it be? The Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Running Man? Can you please demonstrate? What is I can't demonstrate it. Oh. I don't want to move anything you gotta around and anyone see my room. It's when you do the thing with your arms and you're like running in place yeah. and you're like... Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And true. That's so yeah. true. Funny. Imagine Saye would be a really badass b-boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you can break dance. Probably. That might oh, be yeah. her go-to. I imagine her signature move is the worm. <laughs> it's the wave! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm turning into Sage. People said that when I um, posted that, the Wilds random table on Patreon, people were like, there's a lot of puns in his list. Uh, what's going on, huh? What's going on? And even somebody was like, okay, so Celeste says a pun and everybody's fine. And then Sage says one and everybody freaks out. What's <laughs> Right. It's like I said, it just, it's nonstop. So it, it, it almost evokes a whole nother kind of emotion when it happens. We're saturated. <laughs> oh my God. We would be disappointed if it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh God. No. What would you guys even do? I don't know. Everything would fall apart. So, um, the question that I have chosen is from Alan. And the question is, have you considered retiring a character and bringing in someone different? I don't know. Have you guys? I hope not. Yeah, us? Yeah. Yeah. I would be okay with having to start another character. I mean, I love Saya, but I also, it happens. <laughs> so, and it's just, you know, we've also been playing, this is the longest game I've ever played, so I'd be okay with trying something new. <laughs> yeah, we're almost at two, yeah, two years? Yeah. Oh, oh, well over two years, because we started in July. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a two-year anniversary in this LA. We yeah. sang happy yeah, yeah. birthday to ourselves. Um, oh, and we shit. had a cake with a dragon on it. It was super a cool. A broken-ass dragon. 
which I still have, uh, is still <laughs> it is still crusty sitting on top of my bookshelf. That's pretty um, funny because oh, I'm a nasty boy. Uh, uh, I think I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when we hit the end of arc th- four. Because I definitely know that we're going to go through each of the character arcs, and then we're going to have arc four, which is the story of us dealing with the issue. I don't know after that. I think I'm I'm the kind of person who makes, like, I just make new characters because it's fun. Yeah. I just always have characters on hand. I'm like, oh, we need a level six character. I'm like, great, I have seven. What does the party need? So I like I'm always super excited to explore new characters and I think like after like depending on how, how everything in the story goes at the end of arc 4 like Kara might be ready to settle down and retire from adventuring and start a family and you know so or meet yeah. her match or or she dies or over the course That of is a story. very real possibility. Well, cuz that also that's also where I'm at cuz I don't know if you guys are gonna survive any of this so i guess i yeah i'm just playing it like we'll we'll see what comes i guess i am very attached to my characters like i don't like switching them because i think i'm still like learning a lot about how how to role play so and like character creation takes a really long time for me so when i make one and like I start to maybe like their backstory, you know, like starts to illuminate itself with me and I get familiar with it. I get really attached. I mean, obviously, like for the sake of a good game and a good story, clearly I demonstrated this a couple of episodes ago. I'll do what needs to be done. And if it's the right character choice, um, even if I don't really want them to die. (laughs) Um, But I, I don't want to make a new character sheet for Arnett. Like, I love Arnadel. I don't want to... I don't want her to die. And, like, I... Like, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> I'll do it, but I, I really hope she doesn't. Yeah, I think I think one of the cool things about the way we play, and certainly the way I DM, and just, I think, our style as a group in general, is we do really... You know, it's how, it's where the story is going. So if the story demands like a character switch or if there's a death or something else, I I think we'll we deal with things as they come, yeah. which is kind of it's super exciting and I don't know. Who no one knows. That's a toughie. I think Switz asked like in a lightning round question if you had any have had ever killed one of our characters and I can answer, yeah, Celeste killed one of my characters super <laughs> fast. In the Venture Maidens podcast. Episode twenty nine. Yeah, Bellica, the sorcerer, the the sully, sullen, sullen sorcerer. You kind of deserved it. She was just like crabby. Yeah, she did. You touched the shiny thing that was so shiny. Yeah, she did. It was a treat. It was a little baby treat. Oh, yum yum. Oh man, <laughs> funny story. One of my characters did decide to retire. This is also Genesee. She was like, oh, you know, I got offered this great game, this great gig with these really powerful wizards and they're going to, and they offered me protection and, uh, you know, I'm just going to, just going to hang out. You know, I'm going to enjoy it. And she was old. She, you know, she's getting up there. She was like 55. She's like, I'm ready to retire. And, uh, and then like a couple games later, I found out that she got decapitated and I was very hurt. <laughs> 
I'm I'm still a little hurt. I mean, like, I totally get it. I understand why it had to happen in the story, but I'm I'm a little salty. <laughs> the minute you start playing your characters, they're my characters to do it. What I will. Yeah, and that's why I, like, don't want to retire Kara out of fear out of what would happen to her. Like, they're just gonna, like, come in in the middle of the night, like fucking Spanish Inquisition and kill Kara and Gidget because they're like, you goddamn lesbians! Oh no! I would never do that in my games. No, no. We play some super queer D&D here. No way. No way. Uh, oh, here's another- here's a fun lightning round one. Okay. If you had to roleplay as another maiden for an episode, which would it be oh, from my God. Darth Audio? You had to pick somebody other than yourself. Um, from the three of us, or from yes. the NPCs included? Uh, I think you guys have to pick from the three of you. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think Arno, I would play, I would play, I would play Sawyer, because, like, I've never played a monk. Mm. Like, I- It's pretty rad. Yeah, I've never played one, and I'm, like, kind of, I'm really interested in it. Like, I want to see what that kung fu shit's about. I think that would be a really, really fun episode to do if we if we had like an April Fool April uh, <laughs> April Fool episode where we all play each other and just be really silly because I would totally want to be Arnadel oh, really? be like Dear Diary Mood Apathetic <laughs> <laughs> I'm so emo today oh, yeah man. that's hilarious I must be emo yeah it would be super fun to play either one of you for real yeah yeah same with Kara I don't know how what it's like to be that op. Don't know. I have no idea. Like, you have, what, three attacks or some crazy shit like that? Yeah. And a bonus action? No, her, her third attack is using her bonus action. That's fucking mad. And then there's action surge, so and it's then usually there's six. Surge. I don't know. Um, okay, if you guys had to play an NPC as your character, which would it be? Well, I already played Gidget, and that was hella fun. That's true. You already played your boo. <laughs> I'd play her forever. I don't think I don't think it comes as a surprise, but I would totally want to play Aaron Shadewalker. Mm -hmm. He's a bamf. His character sheet is posted on Patreon. I haven't looked at it. I want to. I should look at that. Um. Yeah, I think I'd want to play him. Just like see what he's about. Arnadel's still getting to know him, or is she? Uh, dapper Ranger Rogue. Um, the same. You don't like any of my NPCs. You don't want to play Vlad. It's not that I don't like any of them. I just don't know whose, like, shoes I'd want to be in for a day, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm, I think it would be really cool to be in REM shoes. Oh, yeah. REM shoes for a day would be a yeah. lot. You might glimpse the unthinkable. <laughs> I guess for the sake of just knowing more about her REM, but mm -hmm. probably different reasons for different people. I'm very bad at choosing like that. <sighs> I can't, I literally can't even make Rem's character sheet. <laughs> I don't, I can't. Fifth edition has not given me the rules. Three, five gave me the rules. Fifth edition has not given me the rules, mm. unfortunately.
everyone. Thanks for joining for our Q&A episode. It feels really nice to take a break from the intensity we have on Venture Maiden sometimes and just hang out with our listeners. We hope all of your questions got answered, and if they didn't, you can always hit us up on a variety of social media platforms. Join our Discord! We have a booming Discord community where the one-shots are always happening, the memes are flowing, and everyone is involved in having fun. Our Discord is not a Patreon exclusive, so anyone can join. But if you do join our Patreon, you get access to all kinds of amazing stuff, like hundreds of hours of bonus content, Celeste DM note, a module I wrote. So just go and check it out. And if you're going to be there at PAX Unplugged, come and say hi to us. Some of the maidens will be there this year. There are guaranteed shenanigans and games to be happening. But before we continue with the questions, let's hear an ad from one of our sponsors, Genuine Fantasy Press. Genuine Fantasy Press is giving away a free version of their new book, The Compendium of Forgotten Secrets, Awakening, at GenuineFantasyPress.com. This book is for 5th edition D&D, and it contains 34 new subclasses, 17 new warlock patrons and familiars, over 175 new spells and invocations, 10 new races, and dozens of campaign hooks. It has over 190 pages of new content that features beautiful, full-color artwork. It's designed to work with both classic and homebrew settings and give you new ideas for your world and game. And for those of you who are listening internationally, the hardcover is available on Amazon. So go to GenuineFantasyPress.com, check it out. Like, seriously, I'm going to right now. This is crazy. Like, 17 new patrons? Oh my god, I love warlocks. Alright, anyway, I'm getting distracted. Let's get back to it. about this from Eric. Do y'all have any tips for doing theater of the mind style play because I rarely use grids when I, when DMing and in my home game and hate using grids on things like Roll20 because of all the finagling and oh, you're highlighting it while I'm reading it. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> I was just going I've been trying to keep on top of it. Sorry. Uh because of all the finagling uh, that goes on with it. Do you have any tips for making the theater of the mind better for my players? Yeah. I mean, I think I've always been a big theater of the mind person. Uh, I know I went through a brief period of DMing where we had grids and it made things a little bit easier. But specifically moving into podcast form, you really got to get used to DMing theater of the mind. And I think my, my biggest piece of advice would be don't be too rigid about your world like or the setting. Let your PCs define what's there. So if somebody's like, hey, is there a chandelier in the room I can jump off of? Say yes, because it's just better because they have an image of the room in your mind. Or if somebody's like, oh, could I run to the boss? Be like, yeah, okay, sure, you're within 30 feet. Like, just be more... Let people engage with the scenery more. Um, don't be so rigid because people can't see what's in your mind. So let them indulge in what's in their mind. I guess that was my advice as a DM for dealing with theater of the mind. That's definitely really good advice. I think we used a grid once and it was never done again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We got a stern <laughs> talking to after that. Uh, yeah, well, it, when it was totally my fault because I was like, let's use a grid. It'll be great. And then instead of, you know, getting those great descriptions of what we're doing, you're like, I would move to A3. And it's like, 
ah, but that doesn't tell me anything interesting. And <laughs> yeah, you know, it's great for a home game, but especially if you're trying to encourage creativity, which which comes with theater of the mind, or if you are doing something specifically like an audio form podcast. Yeah, that's just really not helpful. Just totally go away from it, but but let people just plug into it and uh, just say yes. And theater of the mind works a lot better. And stay patient with players like me who like to reference pop media <laughs> to help get a, that description uh, confirmed in my mind. Oh, man, we all do that. <laughs> it's not just you. Oh, man. I feel like I do it the most. I'm sorry. No, but that's totally it. It's like cluing into references or just, you know, the the thing you want to do as an author or as a DM is just, you know, awaken other people's imagination. So if you're using that to engage in combat, everything in your minds is so much more exciting than what is in my mind for you to do, right? So it's just taking what your PCs are giving you and then just like up in it. Also, I do love this thing from Switz. He commented, there was an article, I don't know, I think I sent it to you guys, but about a a blind RPG gamer who gave us a shout out because our descriptions were great and she loved them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she wrote about it on her blog post. I have to repost that again, but that was really incredible to hear. Um, I think our style really lends itself to being descriptive and people can imagine what we say and... Yeah, <laughs> that was really great. Thanks, Switz, for reminding me of that. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, I had there was a question directed at me in the chat that I wanted to answer. Hell yeah, do it! It says, Brittany, what tattoo would you give the other three? Well, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just quickly say um, that heavily depends on if the other three would ask me for one. <laughs> Wait, other three in have- terms of you guys specifically or our characters? I don't know. Because I've already tattooed all of them. I think it's characters. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go with characters, because I've already tattooed you guys. What would you tattoo if you were to give the gift of a tattoo to our characters, and you can pick any NPC for me, whatever comes to mind, what would you give us? Again, just to reiterate that there is a dialogue when it comes to consulting with (laughs) about a tattoo. It's not, the you know, like both people have to agree. What do you think that person would ask for? Yeah, Thank what you. do you think they would ask for? There you go. Ooh, okay. I think Sawyer would probably ask for... It would be a pretty safe bet, either something pertaining to elemental forces, so, like, something kind of nature-y, like... And, I, and when I mean tribal, I don't mean, like, like barbed wire from the 90s. I mean, like, like <laughs> tribal, tri- like, real tribal. <laughs> yeah. Like, significant to a culture. Her Her monk temple i think something like that for saya am i right or no yeah yeah that's probably right <laughs> kara would get what would kara get kara would totally get an ass tattoo yeah <laughs> it'll be two axes crossed on her butt i think more specifically <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if kara requested a bodysuit like a full bodysuit i think they would like i would be like yeah yeah that makes sense should like take one look up and down and be like makes yeah that checks out (laughs) i think rem would probably get since celeste that's your character your primary character rem would probably rem is my primary (laughs) i could see rem getting tattooed uh there are these 
there's this like trend that, and I don't mean like she would jump on a trend. I just mean like this would appeal to her um, Mm -hmm. where it's like just black work. And it's like uh, kind of like this unconventional where it's like uh, down the the torso and like Mm -hmm. these like geometric Mm -hmm. one, you know, like that geometric black work stuff. I like, I think Rem would probably go for that. Yeah, I think she yeah would totally go with things that meant something highly specific to her, but don't mean things to other people. Yeah, like she an would just abstract like, way to remember things. Yeah, like memento. <laughs> like, <kind> yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah, I think that I don't know. I hope you guys are satisfied with my guesses. Oh, actually, that leads into my question, which I was going to ask: is what tattoo would Arnadel get, yeah. and where? Ooh. I had to. Th- I tried to prepare myself for this question because I really wanted to put some thought <laughs> into it. My first, my first knee-jerk reaction was like probably flowers or birds because that's what I I like. Mm-hmm. But I think considering the last like couple of episodes, if her answer right now would be probably a fucking snake, like American traditional snake, like a cobra Ooh. or something, like on her back, like a full snake back piece, just. Big Interesting. Like or like wrapped around her leg or I don't know, something like that. Or her hand, like I don't know. I think she would probably get a snake as just kind of this like bitter consolidation with like all the mm-hmm. things that happened. Yeah. I like that. I know. I'm a sucker for those those like yeah. Those like, oh, I've survived something. Let me get a painful tattoo to look at forever. That's so fucking that's my shit. Yeah, that I think that's what she would do. <laughs> Maybe like a little horse somewhere, like for Aaron. Hmm. Whose turn was it? Mine. Tis mine. Tis yours. So Celeste, I'm going to ask this one that's directed towards Chu. Um, okay. What are you most proud of as a DM? <gasps> oh, you guys. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> no. I'm that's proud not of my an little answer. PC that, come babies. on. What All the cop-out. time? No, I'm so proud of you every single fucking day. You make this story awesome. Because the thing is, I write the story, right, barely. Um, and I tell it to you with my words every other week. But the way you interact with it and the way you appreciate it and then bring it to life is really what makes it special. Because otherwise it's flat words on a page, right? And it's just empty description boxes. Um, so the fun that I get to have is when you guys all believe in it, when you interact with it, when you make it real and special. And I am proud that I assembled such a killer group of people. Like I, I think I, cause I listen to a lot of D and D podcasts and I'm not, I'm not throwing any shade, but like I listen to them all and I, I'm just so proud that I brought three of you specifically together to tell the story because I feel like it's fucking magic when I put you in the same place. So that is, I am proud that I brought you to this thing. That is my proudest thing. Well, it's just, it's fucking, it's too, it's too much. I'm so lucky and it's awesome. We're super proud of you. That's fine, but that wasn't the question. I'm I want to extend that question. Let's, I'm proud. I want to like demand that you give a little bit more of a, answer that's specific to you like 
Something that you Ew. believe you've worked really hard on that maybe isn't acknowledged as much or something. Or maybe it is, but, like, you're your proud of it. Your own skills as a DM. Yeah, like, what about your own? Directed specifically yeah. at you, yeah. Okay, I think... Uh, so my own skills as a DM. I think for Venture Maiden specifically, because we started this and I had to get really good at uh, running games in an hour and a half and on a schedule. And I think... I think consistency is something I've really grown in. I think I've I've really been able to inhabit this world really well that we've put together and I'm familiar and comfortable with it that I can roll with changes and punches as they come. I, I think I've I've gotten a lot better at tapping into a situation and, and making it work and making it electric consistently. I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Dude, you bust yeah. you bust yeah, your ass totally. super hard. Like I can't even pretend to like acknowledge how much you bust your ass behind the scenes that I'm completely unaware of. But I'm mostly proud of getting you guys together and making a great show. So, <laughs> very good, good, both great answers. Hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Well, now I have to pick one. It's your turn. Your turn. <laughs> okay. That was the Cristelia reference. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna answer this because. I feel like it's quick and for me, sorry. Uh, so via Twitter from Dan at Freak Academic, um, as someone only tangentially familiar with official D&D settings, I've been curious how much of this world is homebrewed. Do you typically make your worlds from scratch, incorporate elements of the official settings where they fit, or do you generally play in an official setting? Uh, this entire world is homebrewed. This entire world was actually homebrewed before 5th edition. Um, it's a world I made up that I wanted to use when 5th edition came out, because um, I thought it was a good world. I actually, my experience in D&D, I was mostly doing homebrew. I, I didn't actually, I've been playing for about, yeah, 10, 11 years, um, but I've only actually ever run my first module was last year when I ran Curse of Strahd. Uh, so it's all, it's, yep, so it's all homebrew, um, the thing we do use that's consistent with all the books, we use the rules, uh, and we, I use the monsters from the monster manuals. Uh, sometimes I make up other monsters, but that has been my big commitment. I remember when I ran 3.5, uh, I actually never owned a monster manual. I just made up the monsters. I don't, I don't even think you ever ran a, a monster from the monster I manual. never ran an official 3-5 monster ever. I did not know that. I never owned one. That's like the one 3-5 book I refused to buy. Hmm. So, but now, for our campaign, a uh, whole campaign is homebrew. I made it up. I typically make them from scratch. I do love incorporating, of course, traditional fantasy elements and elements that are common in the Dungeons and Dragons settings, but um, that's pretty typical for me. But I do use the monsters, because now it's nice to be able to, like, oh, look at this cool monster. I want to put it in my game. Mm -hmm. So that was my just hard and fast answer. Good question. One. Fucking good one. I think we're getting close to the end of the question list, guys. Yeah, let's do it. You guys want to, like, shoot for finishing those questions and then call it a night? Heck yeah. Ooh, there is a really good question that I saw uh, in the Twitch chat, which okay. was, what's the next character, class, race, and background you really itch to play, not necessarily for this campaign? Ew. 
I don't have one in mind just because I don't know all of those things at the same time very well. Uh, especially the backgrounds. I barely knew about them <laughs> through a long chunk of this game. You're figuring and, it out. But I'm it's figuring it out. Uh, so none really in mind, but I just always love fighters, so I'll probably keep playing fighters. <laughs> oh man, fighters are the best. You should, yeah, straight fighters are the best class. They're so good. They're so oh good. They're so boss. I think for me, I have this character concept in my head of a Kenku who is a warlock and mm. a rogue. Ooh. And so she's a warlock, and her invocation of choice would be disguise self at will. And because she's a Kenku, she could perfectly imitate any other person. <laughs> and being roguish and sneaky, so she'd be like a super mercenary. Um, so she would, yeah. So then she would definitely have the the criminal background. Mm. I have such a hard time figuring out like specifics like that. Until after I like roll the stats and play a few times, if that makes sense. So it's hard for yeah. me to like think of like a specific character that I want to create. I have cl- I like base it off of classes that seem interesting. I always obviously I prefer spellcasters. I this is boring as fuck, but I'd want to play another warlock and try like hexblade <laughs> or like something like. Pact of the Tome or something like that, but I've been so, like, stoked about the Warlock class that I want to, like, explore the the different archetypes of the Warlock class, mm-hmm. uh, which there's a ton of now. Yeah, I, and, and I, they're only getting bigger, too. I know. I'd totally play an elf again. I'm sorry. I'm so boring, guys. <laughs> hey, what's in your heart is never boring. Brittany's playing an elf again. Surprise. I really, really want to play Paladin. Like Ooh, a yeah, those are cool. Ugh, I love it. I love my like. Oh man, I have to do this thing because I believe in this great cause, but I have this tortured past. Meh, I'm a paladin. Mm. I'm gonna protect you. Like so basic. I love those characters <laughs> though. That's why uh, Colin in Dragon Age. Uh, oh all yeah, my romance. Oh god. Uh, I love it. Um, I want to. Yeah. Oh man, I'm having such a hard time trying to pick who I'm gonna romance. Because what am I playing? I'm playing. Oh, I'm playing Kara as a as my Dragon Age character. <gasps> who I made are you her gonna romance for Dragon Age. I don't know. I can't decide. I'm like she would totally sleep Sarah? with Iron Bowl. Like, yeah, Sarah seems like the obvious choice because she's like quirky and a what total. What about Scout Harding? I, even though that's not you, a you can't, can't romance her. Sex with Scout you Harding. can't have What's the sex point? with her, but you can flirt with her. Oh man! I mean, I obviously do flirt with you her, slur- but like flirt with everybody. Yeah, exactly. I wish Scout Harding was a romance option because I she's she, such a. I don't rad, know why she's I not. Know, she's a, she and she's so fucking uh, cute. Actually, Scout Harding was the picture I had in my head initially for what Carl looked oh, like. I was like, yeah, she's freckles cute and everything. Oh my god! Yeah, she's a fucking badass. I love Scout Harding. Okay, wait, guys, guys, guys. Are you looking at the maxed out one? Yes. Yeah. Okay, read it. Okay. I have it highlighted on my screen. <laughs> okay, read it, read it, read it. Okay, 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 okay. Lightning round. Crossing the streams, if you could put your characters in some NPCs' Hogwarts houses, which houses would they be in? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Kara's obviously Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> Gryffindor. Like, 
Yeah, yeah, Sai is also obviously Gryffindor. Oh my god, yeah, we're totally the hold my beer, watch me do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> friends for friends and courage. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think it's pretty fucking obvious Arnadel is also a Ravenclaw. Okay, but you guys put NPCs. Yeah. Okay, where uh, would you put Rem? Slytherin. That's Slytherin. Without a without okay. even a thought. Where would you put Kristoff? Hufflepuff. He's actually pretty good. Totally okay. Neville yeah. like twenty yeah. years later. Yeah. Where would yeah. you put Okay, I've agreed with you both. Where would you put Azold? She's Ravenclaw. She, I think Azold's probably a Gryffindor. She's like one of those like like Gryffindors that you're you're not unaware of, like one of those background characters, but then you're like, oh shit. My my first instinct is, oh, I hate her. She's a shitty Slytherin. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's probably just, not hey, really hey, true. I really yeah. think Azold is a Gryffindor. She's just a grouchy one, like McGonagall. Even though McGonagall's a total badass. McGonagall's the fucking best. I fucking know. But I, I think Azold's... But that's my vote. You guys tell me. I vote, I vote Ravenclaw. I vote Slytherin. I would vote Gryffindor as well. Interesting. We feel like we haven't seen that side of her. We haven't seen much of her because she's been in a coma. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Well, what's crazy is I keep playing as old on other guest streams. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. Not like with we you did guys. The world, the world series D and D. We did the you world series D and D. I yeah, uh, and then also for the podcast of Waterdeep, I played as old for the finale oh. episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, she's totally, yeah, she's totally a Gryffindor. I would agree with you, Rem is totally a Slytherin. What else Christoph. would Marjorie be in? Marjorie? Oh my god. Um, none. <laughs> she, we dropped out, remember, Switz? Marjorie and we Rosemary dropped out. dropped out of school. Yeah, Marjorie is, like, not into that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> uh Oh, I love dip that Dan Dillon is yelling about. Harding not I know, being an Dan, for real. Hi, Dan Dylan. We love you. Thank you. Sounds more like Dark Knight. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we got to get back on track with the questions that we're trying to get through, you guys. Who's next? Who's reading it next? Oh, okay. From Alan. If you could choose a moment to soundtrack, what would it be? Oh, that's gonna be mine. Ooh. He says that he had the curses burn playing in his head the last scene the of episode cures. 47. Oh, that said curse. Sorry, the cures. <laughs> oh. Mm. Interesting. When Alistar turned into a crow. Okay, so what was a moment in the podcast where you just like thought of a, a music musical moment that should be playing in the background? When we were battling when we were battling the headless horseman? This might be a little obscure, but it was definitely playing in my head whenever we were battling him. There's this band called Nadja. I think I'm saying it right. N-A-D-J-A. Nadja. And there's this song called Numb that it's like this super... I think it's like 11 minutes long. It's like kind of doom metal. It's like very slow and sludgy. And that mm-hmm. just kept cycling in my head whenever we were battling that. So look up Nadja Numb. It's really I think um, because I am a child of the 90s, um, that <laughs> that friend scene when Ross and Rachel get together and it's like, slide of hand and twist of fate, you know, that bullshit. Whenever Aaron and Arnadel are together, I just can't not hear it. I just can't <laughs> not hear it. It's just like, it's you know, romantic. It's not. I'm a metal. <laughs> but, like, I just can't not hear it. It's so cute. What song is that so- again? Say it again. Um, I will wait for you. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. That makes sense. Oh, God. 
It's a mess. It's a mess. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I know Friends is problematic, but... <laughs> For, like, both of those moments, well, not really so much the nice ones with Arnadel and Aaron, more like the early awkward ones. I can't get out the sounds of, like... And it's because I'm nonstop watching Sailor Moon right now. Oh. But um, there's, like, these little sound bites whenever something awkward happens. It's like... Like that. (laughs) Like, I imagine that during those awkward scenes. And then for the Headless Horseman, I don't know how many of you guys know about that game that used to be a thing. Remember the unicorn jump? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the metal version. The metal version of it. Fucking hilarious. It's like the phone game from Adult Swim. It's like Robot Unicorn. Yeah, or Robot, Robot Unicorn, metal, I think, yeah. is exactly what it was called. Yeah. Metal yeah. Unicorn. They had a metal version of it, yeah. and that song was, like, operatic fucking metal. It was crazy. It's <laughs> ranges of blood. Everybody, yeah. Dan Dillon, thank you. You two, with or without you, is what is in my head. Thank you for reminding me of the song name. Oh. Mm. Oh, oh, no, here's one that Nassim needs to answer. Okay. Which sailor is most like your character? Oh, Sailor Moon characters. Uh, You're going to say fucking Mars. No, <gasps> Saya's not hot-headed. Jupiter. What? You are kind of Jupiter. Or are you? I'd say yeah. either Jupiter or or Venus, because Venus really wants to be like a superstar and mm. uh, be loved so hard. Uh, oh. And so... Jupiter does too, but she's also a lot more concerned with uh, power and strength. So I would actually say Kara is more like Jupiter. Uh, and Sage is also like Jupiter. Mercury. But I, Nassim, am definitely more like Mars. <laughs> Arnadel, yeah. Sailor, Mercury, hands down. Right? 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 Arnadel? Yeah. yeah, I dig it. I read it. I recently had this conversation with Nassim. I feel like you're moving into like a a Pluto... Yes, yeah, though, right? Down. Super chthonic. Like you started as a Mercury, and now you're just like totally making this. But you're also kind of Super Sailor Moon, though, because like she's so emotional. <laughs> that is true. Yes, that's true. Like, yeah. Rem is the cat. <laughs> Rem oh. is Luna. I okay. So I took a quiz the other fucking day, and I uh, was like, "Which Sailor Scar are you?" And then I got fucking Luna, and I was like. That makes too much sense, and I hate it. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my god, that's that's when we were in Canada, right? Yeah. We were at the bar, and we were all taking quizzes. We are all drunk taking Sailor Moon quizzes, because obviously that's what you do as friends. Um, yep, I was Luna, which makes, god, so much sense. But I just want a pretty swirly wand in Tutu. You can have one anyway. Yeah. Who says you can't put your cat in a tutu? <laughs> I put Lucy in a tutu. She actually has a tutu, and she hates it. She gets Since she gets yeah, super that's... sad girl, and is just like animals. Yeah, it's really cute though. Uh, did we have any other questions, or did we get through them? I think we've got like one more, and this will be a you question, Celeste. <gasps> when did you get the story for the Venture Maidens planned out? Like, did you know everything from early on, or did it take a while of tweaking and working with the final story? Ah, uh, yes. So, walking into this game, 
I knew what the world was. I did not know what the story was at all, ever. I still don't know what is going to happen. I honestly could not tell you what is going to happen in the final arc. I don't know. I have, a, like, a some speculations, but also, like, because the game changes so much and it evolves, I have general ideas, but I never stick specifically to the story. So I would say the story evolves every, each and every episode. It constantly changes. Like, when we started... I knew, you know, the Sisters of Sorrow were going to be a thing, and I knew we were going through tests. I didn't know what Arc 1 was going to be. I had no idea. I didn't know what Arc 2 was going to be. I have finally decided what Arc 3 might be about. <laughs> but The Price of Power. Uh, well, Price of Power was Arc 2, which we are done now. Oh, yes. Oh, my arc! Oh, yes! Now it is Kara's arc, and I think I know what's happening, but I spend a lot of time thinking about it. Um, I think, and, and that's kind of, you know, we're all writing this book together, so it feels weird to me to, like, plot out the whole book before we do it. Um, so I have a very, very, very loose outline, so I still don't know. I didn't plan it out beforehand. We're f still figuring it out. I guess. <laughs> I hope that's not anticlimactic, but... Dude, half the shit, I have no idea what's going on. And people are like, so did Celeste, like, plan that or script it? And I'm like, dude, I never, none of us never. fucking know. Like, we don't know at all. Celeste we doesn't know. know. <laughs> I usually know what's going to happen the game before ish maybe but then you guys change it sometimes so i don't try to be like stringent about it or because i don't use a module and i don't really have an overview i have a very large general scale and the the point from a to b is a complete mystery to me but i usually have a to b planned if that makes sense yeah. Yeah, sounds good i, I mean we've totally. we've gotten comfortable with it i've seen you scribble notes down like five minutes before we start uh, absolutely. Uh, yep. No. <laughs> I'm definitely a last minute planner. Also, there was a question that popped up from, I think, somebody popped it up that was, are we ever going to see a world book for Venture Maidens? I fucking hope oh, so. Yeah. Are we ever going to get a setting book for Celeste World? Yeah, that's what we're on track for. Brittany and I have had many conversations about coming together, figuring out art. I've talked to a lot of folks, including everybody here, about writing for this, but you will see a Venture Maidens World book. It will happen. When it happens, hopefully it's soon, but uh, definitely it's it's on our minds as soon as possible because we want to share what we are doing with all of you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a fucking flattering question that's super flattering everybody's reactions right now that's happening in the chat at this moment are very flattering oh, yeah cool. we love you guys we love you guys uh, it's gonna happen we just need to yeah do it uh we're learning a lot as as you all have seen and you've all been part of it uh every single fucking day it's how to do it what we're doing a little bit better we're getting better at this all the time and uh, one day we'll be good enough to do that. And I think it will probably be soon. But so look out for that future Kickstarter, everybody. Seriously. Yeah. 
Oh, so if we are at the end of the evening... We are at the end when Say just such a special thing. Yes! I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Okay. Wait. Oh my, I'm so excited my camera's out of yeah, focus. There, there we go. go. <laughs> so, um, from the generosity of the a couple of $50 patrons who won't be able to play in their quarterly game, which I will be running, um, we have... Um, first, we want to give a spot to Angel Powell because they have been spectacular as a moderator for our Venture Maidens Discord channel and being so active and supportive in our wonderful little community. I love watching their streams. It's really, it's super fun getting them, seeing them play games that I would otherwise like never be interested in and it's really fun and it was just their birthday so this feels extra special exactly so happy birthday angel you get to play in a game run by me (laughs) happy fucking birthday yeah I get it so that's awesome and then we have two other spots that will be raffled away that'll be determined by my d20 (laughs) So I have a list of all of the $10 patron donors, and I will roll my d20 twice, send the results, and I will consult my wonderful list. And if you hear your name, you shall be selected. Ah, I'm so excited. Right. So let's see. Wait, let's see. Dice cam. Oh, shit. Dice cam. Oh, shit. The Ooh. dice cam. Dice cam. Dice cam. What? No. Stay. Uh, oh, it's a falling dice cam. Ooh. And the dice cam is going in for the right. plunge, Ready, guys? ladies and gentlemen. Got a 10. 10 <gasps> plus 12, 22. Consult the list. Consulting the list. Consult. 22. Oh, Jason Lamar. Oh, Jason. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. That's freaking adorable. Did you adorable. see that cute-ass dog you just adopted? <laughs> Yes. No. Oh my god. You got a cute ass fucking dog. Yeah, it's about time. Also, secrets everybody, even if Jason doesn't end up playing. Jason <laughs> was actually the person that first campaign who played Galen. Weird. Weird. Oh, so many mysteries. All right, now for the second one. 9 and 7. So that's 16, and that's F.T. Finner. Oh, man, I forgot to look at the list where it says their actual name. F.T. Finner, congratulations! Oh, my gosh. You will get to participate. This is very exciting. This is going to be so cool, you guys! I I can't wait! I can't wait to see what what y'all run. Yeah. Woo! yeah so definitely everybody tune in clearly if uh thank you everybody so much for participating and being here but there are a lot of special benefits you get by being a patreon donor uh you've probably heard us mention a few but you get quarterly packages you also if you're donating at the highest tier you get to participate in uh quarterly games run by all of us it was really cool that folks who donated wanted to give away their spots uh, this time, but if you are a $50 donor every month, you get to play with us uh, four times a year. We arrange these really special games for all of you to participate in. There's the bonus content with our packages, with all the diary entries and extra world content and lore. Everything we have is available if you become a donor um, for 
through Venture Maiden. So look us up on Patreon.com. Even a dollar a month gets you access to, I think now it's at 52 hours of bonus content immediately if you just donate one dollar a month and that really helps us do all the crazy shit (laughs) we've been trying to do oh man seriously yeah it gets us new equipment it gets us to cons it gets just so much stuff It, it frees up a lot of our time to give you guys more of what you want which is some badass bitch in D D. oh man and i will definitely be uploading soon a like five to six like little short campaign like Uh. that you can like fit into a world that's like a whole little like yeah five to six session adventure yeah there's so much cool freaking stuff on there so definitely consider if you haven't already becoming a patreon of the venture maintenance but everybody thank you so much for participating in our q a we had a blast i know we all love talking about ourselves and our experience right (laughs) i mean right Um, be a podcaster you gotta be a little self-centered yeah. <laughs> it was cool to hang out with you guys and chat it's always nice to catch up yeah even though we didn't really mm-hmm. get to ask you guys much back <laughs> uh, and the fact that we're doing this this is our second annual which is um pretty crazy so i think we're all looking forward to the third annual so <laughs> thank you oh, yes. everybody so much for coming in and participating in the q a and until next time Venture away. Venture away. Venture away. God, that was the worst it's ever been. Because we're taking too long. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to pause. To it's fine. We're done. Thank you guys. We gotta use the theater. Yeah. No. Go away. All right. Pineapple. Midgard Sagas is a new collection of 5th edition adventures from Kobold Press, set in the dark fantasy world of Midgard. The book contains adventures for characters from levels 3 to 8, all of them designed to be played in 4 to 6 hours and packed with action. Players will fight their way through clockwork guards to save the city from a mad saboteur, execute a daring heist at a posh nightclub, explore the ruins of an ancient elven city, avert war with the dust goblins of the wastelands, battle a brain-eating menace from space, and more. Visit koboldpress.com to learn more.